0: You are welcome to face to face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the around the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Christ is made unto us. Wisdom is made unto us righteousness is made unto us sanctification is made unto us redemption in essence he's saying that Christ is your wisdom hallelujah that the day you received Christ you received God's wisdom that the day you received Christ you received God's righteousness the day you received Christ you received God's sanctification and the day you received Christ you received God's redemption hallelujah So, Christ has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Now, most of the time, when we read scriptures in the New Testament, it's important to understand that, you know, the New Testament is going to be more appreciated if you understood some things in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. You know, most of the time... um, People, in trying to emphasize the New Covenant, talk down on the Old Testament. That means they talk down on the first 39 books of the Bible, Genesis to Malachi. But I always emphasize this, that Genesis to Malachi is what validates the New Testament. Hallelujah. If you take away the Old Testament, the New Testament has nothing to stand on. The New Testament is the superstructure, while the Old Testament is the substructure. Is what holds up what we see on the outside. Now, Paul didn't just write or make statements, you know, from Scripture. There are some things that if you didn't study the Old Testament, you will never fully appreciate it. For example, in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul was speaking, and he said, Christ is our Passover. If you don't understand what Passover is, you can never understand what he's talking about. Am I communicating? If you've never read Exodus to see how Christ is your Passover, or what the Passover is, When they say Christ is your Passover, it will be a passing statement to you. But if you've seen Exodus and read it, and then when you are now told Christ is your Passover, you will like, wow. Are you understanding me? Wow. So here, Paul was writing something. And what he was saying, um, most of the time, people might just jump some of these scriptures, you know, and feel like, oh, 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 and they go to where there is what they call a promise. Now, the New Testament is not a testament of promises. It's a testament of reality. Are you understanding me? Mean? Now, the promise that has been given, we are partaking of the promise. We are. in the Bible says we are children of promise. it's not saying that we are the ones that He promised. No, no, no. He's saying that we are the ones that came to receive the promise. Amen. Am I communicating? So, I know that we have a lot of songs where we talk about the promises of God, the promise of God. Eternal life is not a promise to us. Is reality to us. Amen. Am I communicating? It was a promise to them in the Old Covenant, to us today in the New Testament, is a reality. That's why it says, now, for God's sake of the world, you will have everlasting life. will have. That means that it will be possessed. It will no more be a future expectation. It becomes a present day reality. Am I communicating? Now, I'm building your hearts because we're going to end at the place where we're talking about intentions to actions. But I want you to see something. Now, it's important for you to know that there were no flippant statements made in the epistles. Hallelujah. Are we together? There are no flippant statements made in the epistles. Every time the word of God is spoken, it was either amplifying or bringing to light something that existed maybe in the Old Testament. Am I communicating? Now, most of the time, when we read this scripture, um, And there are many other scriptures like that. That it is knowledge of certain things that make you have that shout about the scripture. Are we together? Makes you have that shout about the scripture. There are many scriptures in the Bible that you can casually quote. Just like we were treating the the Lord is my shepherd, you know. My daughter was asking me, said shepherd what was actually what does a shepherd do how can jesus be our shepherd i didn't blame her because she didn't grow up where they have sheep and shepherd amen if we had dropped her in fuller name she would understand shepherd and sheep amen so there are certain scriptures that if you don't have some background knowledge it won't mean much to you so i want to just explain this to you all right say christ has been made to me wisdom christ has been made to me righteousness Christ has made to me sanctification. Christ has made to me redemption. Now, the word sanctification there is actually holiness. Amen. It's actually holiness. It's actually holiness. So, he's trying to explain that there's a difference between right standing and holiness. Amen. But Christ has been made unto you holiness. Amen. That means that the day you receive Christ Jesus, you received God's wisdom. The day you receive Christ Jesus, because of Christ in you, you receive God's right standing. And the day you receive righteousness, you receive holiness. Because you have been set apart. There are many other scriptures that explain that. And then the day you receive Christ Jesus, you have come to partake of God's redemptive plan. Am I communicating? Now, um, you will appreciate this when you understand the Passover in the book of exodus we're told about the passover and uh, it's good to be reminded about these things all right i heard somebody say something and he blessed me he was talking about how anytime we're trying to lay new truths of scripture it's important to give strong background knowledge again of what people already know amen and so there's layer upon layer Of understanding of the scriptures you don't have somebody that after 10 years he said I used to be in school of ministry but we are not sure of his salvation again amen but he was in the big meetings and those foundational things that he was supposed to be hearing over and over again they are not solid in him amen so my prayer is that you be rooted amen and built up in him amen grounded in these things about what Christ has done for you and what you have become because of what Christ has done for you. Amen. (laughs) It's important to know that no matter how far you go, ministry is not business. Ministry is not fame. Ministry is not success. If your success or your greatness or the good things that are happening in ministry are not as a product of the energizing of the spirits in your endeavors, then you know what's happening. You are not different from a businessman that is doing business and one day something, economy will change. And it will be crushed. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So our walk and our path is different. Amen. Did you get that? It's different. So it's important to know your own roots, and to be solid in your roots. Glory to God. All right. So here in the in the, in the you know, of course, you know that I, I mentioned this. Okay, not in this meeting. About how everything you see in the Old Testament some of the things in the old testament the old testament one of the reason why it's a prophet the bible is a prophetic book is that all your future experiences did you i said future future say future all your future experiences are already captured in scripture you didn't hear me well what will happen to you and how to come out of it is already captured in the prophetic books of the bible That means that you say, okay, um, in 20, let's just assume that we have a machine to show 2020 in your life. And in 2020 in your life, you are about to start a major thing. And that you want to start, um, this and this and this will be required. There is a scripture in the Bible, amen, that already has captured that experience. You will have every human experience that anybody will ever have. There is a type of it that has been captured in scripture. Amen. Am I communicating Now, what the Holy Spirit helps you do is to see the experience before you need it. Amen. So that means you've gotten the answer. That's why if you don't go through all these redemptive truths over and over again, you know what will happen? First, you will not, you know, righteousness is very important. You will not have the confidence to understand, to appropriate what has already been captured in Scripture for you. Am I communicating? Those prayers, Paul will pray. Say, so let the eyes of understanding be enlightened. You pray those prayers over and over again. You'll be reading the book of Haggai. Inside the book of Haggai, you will see how to start two services. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Are you listening to me? You'll be reading the book of uh, of Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, you will see how to start the book, how to write the book. But if you are not even grounded in this redemptive truth, you will read the book of Nehemiah. You won't see. No, you won't see. You won't see. You will come up with principles Coming up with principles is different from seeing Amen Coming up with principles is a good thing But it's different from seeing An unbeliever can read the Bible and come up with principles Are you understanding me? We don't read the Bible and just come up with principles We read the Bible and we see We see Glory to God Because the author of the Bible is at work in us Amen Are we together? Is at work in us Alright now, in, in the scriptures, to make you understand that, God has already finished the work, as the Bible says, from the foundations of the world. He now rolls out the program of what will happen in the various dispensations. Alright? Then he says, look, what I told the children of Israel to do, that's why you look at everything God told the children of Israel to do, it is true that Israel... Is the time clock of 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 of, of, this, of, of, of the world? Are you understanding me? Mean? Yeah. So whatever he told them to do, when you look into it, you will see what the church is supposed to do inside. Amen. That's why the seven feasts that God instructed the children of Israel to embark on is the time line, or should I say, the story of where redemption starts and how it will end, and how the world. And everything God is doing will round up. Amen. It is already locked in that feast that he told the Jews to participate in. Am I communicating? Now, it's from there. We're coming here. This is where we're coming to. Don't forget. Now, you find that he instructed them that they should start with Passover. In the Jewish calendar, it starts with the month of Abib, which is like our April, March-April. That's when their own year starts. He says, now you must start with the Passover. Everything begins with the Passover. If you actually see, that's why even the calendar of this world starts with B.C. Are you understanding me? B.C. and A.D. Are you understanding me? The calendar of B.C. and A.D. What God is saying is that this thing starts with Jesus. Hallelujah. So the redemptive plan of God started with Passover. Passover. And that's the first feast in the beginning of the year that the Jews always embark on. They must have Passover. It is in the Passover that this scripture came out. Amen. Are we together? So that's where it starts. After the Passover, they have the Feast of Unliving Bread, which is also symbolic of a life without sin, because the Lamb has come to take away the sin of the world. Amen. After the Feast of Unliving Bread, we have the Feast of the First Fruit. The First Fruit is a ceremony they embark on, when the plants start, when they have the first produce from whatever they planted, they take some sheaves of it and come and celebrate. Alright? Then, before the main harvest comes. Now, Jesus is our first fruit. Amen? When Jesus died and rose again, he's the first fruit of the rest of us that will rise again. Amen? So, Jesus first experienced resurrection because we also will experience resurrection. Are we together? So, he's our first fruit. Now that's the Feast of First Fruit. So that means that in that picture, God was already showing us what will happen. Are we together? Jesus had not come, but he was showing us the first fruit. Then after the first fruit, you have the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost or Harvest. Amen. Which is ours. Glory to God. Which is us. You know Pentecost. Alright. So we receive the Holy Ghost. And we're in that era now. That's where we are. The next feast that is to happen is the Feast of Trumpets. Glory to God. That's the next feast. That's the next major thing that is to happen. The next major thing that is to happen in this earth is that Jesus will come and blow the trumpet, amen, with the voice of an archangel, and we that are alive and remain will be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. Amen. Okay? After that, then he's coming for Israel. Amen. The day of atonement. And then finally the feast of tabernacles. So you can already see where we are. Glory to God. Are we together? Now, but let me show you what he's saying. During the Passover feast, when they are celebrating the Passover feast, they kill a male lamb. The male lamb must be without blemish. That means his bone must not be broken. He cannot have any kind of disease. He must be healthy. Are you understanding me? It is in the best shape of his life. If not it to be rejected. Now, Jesus is the lamb that God presented to the world. Amen. He was in the best shape of his life. Amen. He was in the prime of his youth. Amen. Am I communicating? And none of his bones were broken. Amen. Am I communicating? Now, then during the feast, they have things that I don't want to use the Jewish terms. Let's just stay with English, all right? So, you have things that they do, and that was it was based on that that Paul was speaking about First Corinthians one verse eight. They don't do the Passover the way we do communion. You just come and chop one small bread and take one small drink, you know, before even the entire matter has finished. No, that's not how they were doing the Passover. The Passover was a meal. They will roast. And the lamb is not boiled you don't boil the lamb you roast it because the body of jesus was roasted in god's anger on the cross amen so you roast you must roast the lamb and then you eat it okay now but during that so they eat they actually eat is a meal evening meal all right when you finish eating, you don't have you don't eat any other thing again. So the Jews, when they're eating, if you see pictures of Passover anywhere, maybe on the wall or somewhere, Jewish places, or the Jewish museum or library, you will see four cups, a man, of wine. Some of you might have seen it. And then you see grapes. Alright? Then you see four cups of wine. Now, those four cups of wine are They drink them at different points They all mean different things It must be on the table When they are doing the feast of Passover Time will fail me But I would have shown you also in Matthew When Jesus was also partaking He drank They don't do the feast of Passover Without ending with a hymn Most of those hymns are hymns of praise Of their Exodus Are you understanding me? Or what God has done for them Am I communicating? So, Paul, go back to my scripture. Just leave it at 1 Corinthians 1. <laughs> Stay there until I tell you to move. Paul was sharing here the reason why he said Christ to the Jew. He understands what Paul is talking about. He's saying that Christ has been made of that thing you are drinking in the Passover. Those four cups. Christ has made unto you the four cups. And they drink it, believing that they are partaking of God's best. There is a cup of judgment, anyway, which has been replaced, amen, with his righteousness. Glory to God. So, when Paul said, Christ has made unto you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, he was talking about the four cups, amen, that they were drinking. And that's why he mentioned four. It's not by accident, it's not three, it's not two, it's four, amen, amen now they must end the feast with hymns in matthew 26 you will see that then they sang hymns when they took the passover all right the, the hymns they're talking about is not uh, no no no, no. they are songs of praise amen so most of the time they are quoting those psalms the psalms you read the psalms in the bible of god's greatness towards them and so on and so forth am i communicating Now, so, when we come here, I want you to see it in that light. That as you got born again, the day you received Christ as Lord and Savior, everything that God had to offer has been given to you. Amen. Did you hear me? Everything. So, when he says that all things that pertain to life and godliness has been given unto you, is inside of this. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Amen? Say wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And the word for wisdom there is Sophia. And yet there are other words for wisdom in the Bible. But this is the one that God has given to you. It is what you do with Sophia that will demand determine whether it will become synopsis or phronesis. Are you listening to me? Okay? So, why did I come here? I came here for a reason. Before we start talking about, you can be taught how to move intentions to actions by a business school. Amen? You can be taught that in a business school. But we're not looking at it in the light of mental things alone. We're looking at it from the... Point of men that are spiritual and from the realm of the spirit, we are moving things to happen. Are we together? Okay. And I'm saying to you that you cannot function that way without first recognizing what Christ has done for you. Amen. And who you are in Christ. Am I communicating? Very important. So say with me, Christ has made unto me wisdom, Christ has made unto me righteousness. Christ has been made unto me sanctification Christ has made unto me redemption That means that The wisdom you require To move your intentions to actions Christ has made it available to you already The right standing you require To move your intentions to actions Christ has given you the right standing already Sanctification here talks about holiness You've been set apart, you know Holiness and righteousness are not the same thing. Righteousness and holiness are not the same thing. In all of scripture, inanimate objects are not referred to as righteous. But inanimate objects can be referred to as holy. Amen. For example, there was no righteous mountain, but there is a holy Mount Sinai. Amen. Are you understanding me? Holy means that it is fit for God to use. Glory to God. Anything that the presence of God comes upon becomes holy. Amen. So, it is holy. It is set apart for God's use. A plate can be holy. A chair can be holy. But it can never be righteous. Amen. Am I communicating? But the Bible is saying that Christ was not just made unto you righteousness. He also has made you holy. Amen. Now, that's talking about being fit for God's use. Glory to God. That means that that action you are about to embark on. God is willing to use you, amen, to achieve that action. Are we together? So, when we start, sometimes people read, talk about all these new creation realities. They are not able to translate them into their office work, into their business, into their family because of the way it is taught. Glory to God. Now, when you understand that Christ has made unto you sanctification, it means that you, in this life, you are set apart for God's agenda. That's why it tells you that ye are called with a holy calling. Holy means that it's a calling. God has set you apart to fulfill an assignment. Amen. And it's not talking about preaching or being a prophet or apostle. No, no, no. Every believer has a holy calling. Amen. Then he said he has made unto you redemption. Why redemption? Redemption talks about the fact that as you embark on that thing, blood is speaking for you. Amen. Glory to God. As you embark on that, blood is speaking for you. You were bought, purchased by his blood. Amen. Are we together? You are purchased in whom we have, we are the ones that have the redemption. So I am not embarking on that action ordinarily. I have a spiritual force working with me and for me. Amen. Did you get that? All right, but I want to go back to righteousness. Now, you know, most of the time I had taught extensively in different places and it has been like a strong, strong thing on my heart in the last one and a half year. I've been talking about inheritance. I know some people have not caught some people will catch it in five years' time, but I've been talking about it. The Spirit of God has strongly instructed me to start preparing people for inheritance. And I've been talking about inheritance in different ways. Paul was preaching and he talked about the total mandate of his ministry in Acts twenty six, verse eighteen. He said to open their eyes. He said to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance. Hallelujah. Alright? And the inheritance. And the inheritance. What he was explaining is that, look, why did he put forgiveness of sin before the inheritance? Because you cannot talk inheritance when you don't understand your own rights. Amen. Are you listening to me? And I use a very simple example. If they wake you up tomorrow morning and say you are D- Dangote's son. Then they say, that is factory in uh, Ugu State, belongs to you. You are happy. Now you enter the factory and you are looking around. You are looking around. All oh, this is my own. Unbelievable. All oh, this is mine. Unbelievable. Then someone else says, why are you here? He said, um, they told me that I'm Dangote's son, so that this place is my own. I said, Dangote's son. Are you sure you're Dangote's son? See, they said so. So my friend, you are not Dangote's son. is dark. You are fair. Do you know that? All the inheritance are shattered because you are not sure you are Dungote's son. That's the importance of righteousness. You cannot maximize inheritance without. Being established in righteousness. Amen. Are you understanding me? There are some massive things that God will call you to do. And confidence can fail you if you are not established in righteousness. Am I communicating? And so Paul, anytime the scripture talks about inheritance, if you look not very far from there, it will talk about forgiveness of sin. Amen. Anywhere the scripture talks about inheritance, not far from there, it will talk about forgiveness of sin. Righteousness. Why? Because it is on the basis of that righteousness that we enjoy or benefit from the inheritance. I read another scripture from Paul, Acts 20, verse 32. He said, And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. He now said, which is able to what? Build you up. Why did he emphasize word of His grace? Why didn't he just say word? It's instructive. You're saying the word of His grace, it will build you up and give you an inheritance. Amen. That means that if you don't understand how you are reigning in life by righteousness, you can't enjoy that inheritance. Imagine someone, I I used an illustration and I, I was talking about something secular like politics. Now, I remember I watched um, a movie, it was, um, i forgot the name now, but it was about American presidents, you know, people um, vying for office, you know, and all that. So, somebody was to contest an election, an American um, presidency. And then somebody else was talking to him, and I said, This is the highest office in the land is you're going to be the ruler of the free world, as they say. The leader of the free world. And I said, the reason why you will not be president is that you don't want to be president. He said, this office is not for someone that is waiting for you to drop on his lap. It's for someone that will rise up and take it. Are you understand what I'm saying? So, he said, on that basis, they are disqualifying him. Now, the reason why some people can never... Out, you see, in church, you can be, some people can be in dragging position in church. I'm the senior usher. I'm the senior deacon. I'm the senior, when you go out there in the world, are you understanding me? When you go out there in the world, there are people that are ambitious. Are you understanding me? They're ambitious. They are ready to kill somebody and die for something. When you go out there, it's not with a chicken liver. Amen. You go to contend with such forces. Somebody is looking at you, and he has killed before. Are you understanding me? And he will kill again for that contract. Are you understanding me? The contract is eight point six billion dollars. Are you understanding me? And he's looking at you like, this is what What do you you know what to do with eight point six billion dollars? Now, when you go to those territories and you are in those kind of places, you cannot be talking. By the grace of God, I wish, I hope. No, no, you don't talk like that in that place. Amen. Are you understanding me? You can't talk like that in that place. You can't even think and and behave like that. Now, what makes you have confidence when you're in that place? Because everybody that is there has something that is holding him. Some people are there under the authority of a president. Some people are there because they have shed blood. Are you understanding me? Some people are there because of their reputation. Do you know who I am? um, I am the CEO of when he he yes, and when he mentions his company, everybody will relax. You, you are there. You have to be confident in what is backing you. Amen. And the root of that is righteousness. Am I communicating? Okay, that's why these teachings of righteousness, don't take them lightly. Hear it again and again and again and again. It's not a... It's not an, it's not a ABC of the faith. It's not. It's not. It's not. It is something that will ever always be needed. Amen. That's your right standing in God. That makes you stand in a place. Now, do you know what right standing is? Do you know what right standing is? There's a statement Elijah made. And Elijah made it more than once. When Elijah goes out to talk, he'll say, the Lord God, before whom I stand. That's right standing. Amen. Are you understanding me? Before whom I stand. is a statement Elijah always made. Before whom I stand. If I be a man of God, that's standing on something. Are you understanding me? Now, that means that when you are going for inheritance, <laughs> right standing has to be in place. Because in inheritance, there are contentions. The children of Israel had different phases in which they did, uh, they did the, in their progress towards uh, from, the promise, from, the, um, from Egypt to the promised land. There was a phase they were in. They had just left Egypt. When they were in the wilderness, things were dropping for them. Manna was coming from heaven. Um, 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 Moses was hitting rock, water will come out, they will drink. In Canaan, it's not, Kamana doesn't fall. No, Kamana doesn't fall. In Canaan, somebody is there that doesn't want you to enter Canaan. Are you understanding me? Now, remember that in Canaan, they were already occupants. All the Zites, all the Ites, are you understanding? The Perizzites, the Gegashites, all the Ites were there. And they are not here playing. They've been, they've, they were the former owners of the territory that God now told you is your own. Are you listening to me? Now, when you enter that kind of place, there is not a friendly zone. It's not a friendly zone. See, inheritance has contention. So, if we talk inheritance, you must understand that there is contention. Okay, you are, you are in a city. God now just in your bedroom. He did not go and tell the governor. He did not go and tell anybody. He just come in bed and say, I have given you the educational sector. It's just like Moses. You are at the backside of the mountain. Tell, ah, hey, go this way. You are telling the animals, go that way, go away. Then God visits you. God visits you. You know, the thing is, if God visited you at least and told the other people that I visited Moses, they will be afraid. God didn't tell them anything. He visited only you. Then he tells you, go and tell them that I visited you. <laughs> Amen. Am I communicating? Then Moses wakes up and goes to the Pharaoh, the ruler of the of the the the, the, the greatest empire in his day. He walks up to him and says, "Sir, God says you let the people go." It's just like someone going to America and say, uh, "Donald Trump, the Lord told me that I should tell you that all the blacks in America, you should pay them compensation." What their great grandfathers, they first look at him. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Say, who are you? How did you get here? That's what the kind of work Moses went to do. He had to be confident in who sent him. So, Back to what I was saying. In the wilderness, they had a pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day. In the wilderness, they had manna falling. In the wilderness, they had water they were drinking from the rock. But God said, preparing them, it's coming when you get to Canaan. When they entered Canaan, manna is not falling again they have to plant amen they have to sow and reap are you getting the picture? good the church of Jesus Christ is in the season of its canaan it is time for children of God to stand up and go and contest presidential election because God spoke to you to stand up and go, are you understanding me? It's time. The difference between Canaan and the wilderness is that in the wilderness, you are waiting for something to come to you. In Canaan, you go and take what belongs to you. Are you listening to me? You go and take what belongs to you. So, I've been talking inheritance. I've been talking inheritance. There's a scripture I've used several times, Deuteronomy 6.23. Alright? And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swear unto our fathers. And he brought us out from thence, that he might bring us in, to give us the land which he swear unto our fathers. So, we've been brought out. And for many years, the teachings in the church are about what we have been brought out of. You have been brought out of sin. We have been brought out of... But now, we are teaching you what you have been brought into. Amen. Are we together? This is what you've been brought into. You've been brought into an inheritance. So... You cannot do this without having big thinking. We talk about betting institutions. Stop thinking about just having. Say, I, eh, eh, I just want to start eh, a small shop, you know, just to keep body and soul together. Stop talking body and soul talk. This is more than body and soul. Are you listening to me? Say, I'm just well, I just in one corner. I just starting one small thing. Just you know, let me not die. inheritance you have gone beyond survival mentality in inheritance you have gone beyond and i'm challenging pastors here don't do ministry for survival what god wants to do in your life is more than providing your needs amen are you understanding me so inheritance you are living beyond a survival mentality you are not holding programs to survive no no And if we don't keep talking like this, some of those things will never happen. Glory to God. Some of those things will never happen. So you start thinking that way. And you find out that it's people, as we say it, the lesser is in the greater. That means that as you are living for a higher purpose, the lesser things are inside that greater purpose your lesser concerns will be taken care of in the higher purpose of God. Amen. Are you listening to me? But if you are pursuing those petty things, then you know what you are doing? According to Galatians, you are frustrating the grace of God. Amen. Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. You know what it means to frustrate God? The grace of God is looking for expression. You are bottling it. Looking for expression. You are bottling it. Your small thinking will not allow grace have full expression. The grace of God at work in you can bet a company with 500 employees, but you will not allow small thinking move you. Amen. Am I communicating? So you are frustrating the grace of God. And I pray that no one here under the sound of my voice will frustrate the grace of God. In the year 2018, you will not frustrate the grace of God. Rather, you will maximize the grace of God. Amen. One of the ways you frustrate the grace of God is that you keep, you know, having excuses. Why is this not? It is because, it is because, it is because, it is because. Excuses. Upon Excuses this year actually wanted to do something but you know with the way the economy is we just decided to pipe down please don't pipe down pipe up don't pipe down see a project does not begin with money no it doesn't begin with money a project does not begin with money god did not start this world with money So, uh, and how much we have there should we start project x and just say ah my things are rough this period though. let's wait a bit no it started by what speaking words you want to start the project start talking it the real beginning of the project is to say it i will do this this year not money and stop thinking money Money will meet you on your way. Amen. Money will meet you on the way. And the distraction of money has been a major issue for a lot of believers. So where we just abandon. We don't abandon things. We can delay it, but we don't abandon it. Amen. Are we together? We can say, okay, we'll do it later. But we don't abandon it hallelujah all right first kings chapter 4 verse 29 29 let's read together i want to go and god gave solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart even as the sand that is on the seashore. Ever say lightness of heart? Just go to verse 30. I'll show you something. You know, says and Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt. Do you notice something? It's saying that what the people, the children of the East Country had, he called it wisdom. What the people of Egypt had, he called it wisdom. But it said the wisdom of Solomon was superior to their own wisdom. Amen. It excelled the wisdom. The same way that Pharaoh and Moses were contending and Moses had snakes, um, had a a staff, and Pharaoh's people had a staff, and Moses' own was turned to a serpent, and the other one was turned to a serpent, but the shrewd of moses swallowed amen that's how the wisdom we have is superior to the wisdom of the world amen christ has made unto me wisdom say christ has made unto me wisdom wisdom is even from knowledge the bible didn't say christ has made unto you knowledge He has made unto you wisdom it means that any information that comes your way he has given you the ability to put it together and bring something out of it You didn't hear me? Alright? Now, you might... Let me explain something to you. You might not be a medical doctor. Alright? You might just be... Maybe you read English in school. But now, the Spirit of God has put in your heart to start a hospital. Are you listening to me? What the wisdom of God is there is that you will work with doctors that have the knowledge. But God has given you the wisdom on how to harness every knowledge and produce God's results. Say, Christ has made unto me wisdom. So never look at anything that God has put in your heart to do as impossible. You don't have to have the knowledge of everything because you have the wisdom. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Oh, I remember something Henry Ford said. Henry Ford said something powerful. He said, I don't know everything, but I know the people that know everything. He said, so I have all man of poor working for me. Are you understanding me? So I don't know. All my job is to gather the people that know the things. So I, that means that the wisdom I have is to harness the knowledge around me. Glory to God. Christ has made unto me wisdom. Now you begin to appreciate the scripture. Are we together? Now, the wisdom is that, let me not define that, let's just leave it. But what has happened, you know, is that because of Christ's wisdom that is within you, there's nothing, no project, no endeavor you are working on that you cannot interpret how it should go. Amen. One thing that stood out in my heart from afternoon was big thinking. Amen. And I hope to come there. Amen. Go back to verse 29. So God gave Solomon wisdom and largeness of hearts. My prayer for you is that you will live here with largeness of hearts. Largeness of hearts. You know, in talking about moving from intention to action, you know, it just occurred to me that it's not enough for you to know the process of betting the things that God has put in your heart, of transforming intentions to actions. We talked about that in the morning. But along the way, it's important what kind of action you are betting. Amen. The days of small thinking are over. You didn't hear me. I said the days of small thinking are over. Say it with me. The days of small thinking, they are over. I read the statement in the morning. And I said, the statement says that the smallest deed is better than the grandest intention. You can say, ah, oh, I just took I'm my I have my, my And no action is taken. But listen, you will not have small actions. Micro, you know, mediocre. You say, oh, what are you doing? You say, well, well, You know, I I won't believe that most of you here don't talk like that anymore. Amen. I'm just patching my life somewhere. There's nothing to patch in this life that God gave you. Did you hear me? There's nothing to patch in this life that God gave you. So, God gave Solomon largeness of heart. What that meant, I have a teaching on that, so you, you could look for it and get it. But what it means is this Everything God conceived to do, Solomon said, I agree. There's no one that God wanted to do, that. Solomon said, Ah! That's too much now. That means that God could fellowship with Solomon at that level. Are we together? You know the story about Solomon? how that other kings will come to solomon's country or come to israel and they are amazed at what they see the bible told us about the queen of sheba that she came candace she came and when she arrived she said what i saw is more than what i heard about you and i'm declaring that when there's lightness of heart at work in you what people heard when they come they will see more than what they heard There are two things. One, when the scripture says, Arise, shine, for your light is come. You go further down the scripture. It now says that Gentiles shall come to your light. Now, as you are here, and you are hearing God's word, light will come to your heart. That light that has come, the Bible says Gentiles, that means that God will cause people that are not related to you. To gravitate towards that light To help you achieve it Are we together? Now, while you are in the process Of achieving what The light that has come Because you have arisen Amen. You know, you say your light has come, arise So because of your light, you have stood up You are acting on your light You are acting on what The revelation that came to you Or the intention that came to your heart So you are acting on it Now, there is another level There are two groups of comings Two sets of comings. The first set are the Gentiles coming. The original plan of God is for your colleagues to come, the kings. Amen. I hope you know you're a king. Christ has made unto us, He said, he has made unto us kings and priests who have been washed in His own blood. I'm quoting Revelations one five and six. Who have been washed in His own blood and had made us kings and priests. Now, God's ultimate desire for us. Is not just to operate as priest, but to enter our kingly role. That's inheritance. So, now, when Gentiles come to your lights, don't stop there. Say, wow, praise the Lord. The people have been sending me texts, people have been telling me it's a wonderful thing I'm doing. That's Gentiles. People I don't even know, oh, I'm talking about, I posted this thing I'm doing on Facebook, everybody's liking it. That's Gentiles. Now, the Bible says, and kings to the brightness. (laughs) Kings to the brightness not of your light, of your rising. What does that mean? It means that if you are operating light, you will start rising. Oh. Once you start operating light, you will start rising. And it is when the light has worked for you that kings now say, ah ah. Kings don't just move. They follow results. Amen. So understand that. And some of you are at the place where gentiles are still coming to your light. But get ready for kings to start showing up at the brightness of your rising. What you are doing with that light is so obvious that kings cannot ignore it. Amen. The kings are coming. 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 The The governors are coming. The presidents are coming. The political class, they are coming. They are coming to the brightness of your rising. If you follow the progression of where the light has got into, and you actually look back at where it started, you'll be amazed. This whole drama started in Isaiah 59, verse 9. In that place, they said, look, the judgment has not come. That means that thing God wants to do has not happened. Because we are waiting for light. Amen. We are waiting for light. So they were waiting for light. He said, therefore, is judgment far from us. Neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but build obscurity for for darkness. But we walk in um, for for brightness, but walk in darkness. That means we're waiting for light. Then in chapter sixty, verse one, he said, "Hey, arise, shine, for your light you have been waiting for has come." Amen. I pray that the church will understand this. Are we together? All right. He said, "Arise, shine." Now, where we go to is that as you start, as you arise with lights, Gentiles will come. Amen. Gentiles say, I have a fantastic idea. People will come. They will gather around the idea. But the kings will come when the idea produces results. I see people rising with lights. I see people rising with lights, and kings are gravitating towards them. Glory to God. You know, sometimes it takes time for people to enter inheritance. It is because do you know why it takes time? Acts twenty thirty two has told us because they've not been built up by the word of grace. It is after you are built up, inheritance is not something that is delivered. Lightly, inheritance is given to someone that understands the responsibility of inheritance. When you get born again, divine health is yours, healing is yours, what is the rama prosperity is yours. Inheritance is different, amen. No, when we say inheritance, what we're talking about is ownership rights. Glory to God, are we together? Where you're exercising the lordship of Christ In a territory on the earth Glory to God That's what we're talking about And this year We'll have men and women Like never before Functioning from within the inheritance May God put in your heart A desire to bet institutions may god plant in your heart a desire to bet institutions some of you you have a desire but now as i'm talking big thinking is happening amen what is going to come out is not the way you first thought amen something bigger is coming out i've said this several times several times The tailor at Rumokuta is a tailor Versace is a tailor But big thinking is what separates them Somebody is selling sachet water Somebody is selling spring water To kings and people in the Arab world For higher amounts of dollars They are all water sellers are you understanding me? Big thinking. He's just a praise If your God is a big God, why will he give you a small idea? I'm asking you. If your God is a big God, you sing those songs. I have a big, big God. If your God is a big God, why will he give you a small idea? It's not in his nature to give you a small idea. What happened was that when the big idea came into your small mind, it became a small idea. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. The moment our imagination, our thinking can accommodate it, it can be done. I see men with big thinking. I see women with big thinking. I see people standing here and they leave this place and they are going with big thinking. Listen, if you don't venture, you won't even know what can come out of your heart. Now, let's just touch this. All of us talk about Abraham. Abraham's story starts in Genesis 12. And now the Lord, it start, starts with saying, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, verse 1, Get thee out of thy country, out of thy kingdom, out of thy father's house, to a land I will show thee. Now the Lord had said, That means he had spoken to Abraham before that time. Okay? Now understand something. Abraham. Hey, yeah, yeah. How do I say this? See. Before I touch that, let me say this. Inheritance. Let me say inheritance. There are big things that God is waiting for somebody to do. Some things he wanted done two years ago. Nobody had had the boldness to carry it. And as you are living here, those are the things that will drop in your hearts. Let me make you understand inheritance. Because there are some scriptures maybe I should mention. I'm coming back to Abraham because I want to show you something that happened with Abraham. In Isaiah, the Bible talks about desolate heritages. I believe chapter 49 verse 8. It talks about desolate heritages. Desolate heritages mean that abandoned inheritances. Amen. What I'm talking now is 301 301 of the course. Maybe I should first mention 101. 101 is that we have been begotten again unto a lively hope and have received an inheritance which is undefiled, faded not away, reserved in heaven for us. That means that the inheritance does not decay. Amen. It can be abandoned, but it will not lose value. Are you understanding me? Good. So there's an inheritance. That means that there's somebody that God wants to give. The southwest too, in the realm of the spirit, concerning education. Are you understanding me? Alright, so there is such an inheritance. Now, the man that God might have called to do it, might not have picked up the thing. Maybe he did something, but he didn't do exactly what God wanted to do. What did him to do? The inheritance is still hanging. Amen. Until someone enters it. Inheritances can be transferred. Are you hearing me? I went back to one on one because of what I want to say. They can be transferred. They can be transferred. That's why you hear people like um what's her name now? Kat- katrin Catherine Coleman say something like this ministry I'm doing, it was like God gave it to a man before. Amen. If you heard her teaching, she said that. She said, This thing was not originally mine. I entered something. Are we together? So inheritances can be transferred. Elijah had an inheritance. Alright? He had an inheritance we saw that it was transferred. Elisha carried it. Amen. That was inheritance. That's why they were talking inheritance language. When Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit, he was talking inheritance. Are you listening to me? He was talking inheritance. A double portion. He was talking inheritance. And some of you, of course, you know those Old Testament scriptures where they talk about the right of the firstborn. Amen. The right of the firstborn. What's the right of the firstborn? If I have four children. Let's just use proof, for example. Come... Uh, Let's suppose I have four children. Let me explain inheritance to you here. I have four children. When I'm sharing inheritance, I will share it in five places. That's the Jewish practice. Five. Let me say five. five. But how many children do I have? Good. I will share it in five places then I'll give one to him. I'll give one to him. I'll give one. Then I'll give two to the one that has the rights of the firstborn. That's double portion. That's what's called double portion. So when Elisha was telling Elijah, I want double portion, he said, I want the firstborn's rights. That's what he was asking for. Amen. That's the actual thing he was asking for. Not that he shall anoint in two times. No. He was saying, I want the rights, the one that carried the thing that you carried. Amen. I want the right of the firstborn. And that's what he got. Amen. There were other prophets in the land, but he was the one that carried the right of the firstborn. That right of firstborn still functions today. That in a city, people carry that right. Amen. In a sector, people carry that right. That's inheritance. In the music industry, you look around. No matter what the person produces, he might just come and sing one song. Everybody singing the song. Somebody is working very hard. He doesn't have the right of firstborn. Amen. Are you understanding me? Are we together? So, inheritances can be transferred. Thank you. Now, I'm explaining that to get to a point. So, when the Bible talked about desolate heritages, it was talking about inheritances that people abandoned. But he's still waiting for someone to do it. Amen. There are many ministers of the gospel today and many ministries and even organizations, companies that entered inheritances. And they will tell you that, ah, man, look at what's happening. Look at what's happening. They begin to understand certain things because God transfers inheritances. Are you with me? That's why you look at people that don't honor honor unctions, they don't honor people. You can never carry inheritance. Amen. Are you with me? No. Hallelujah. Alright, why did we get there? I'm trying to show you something. So, um, I won't have the time to explain inheritance to you, but in a figure, what Moses was with Joshua, Moses brought the children of Israel out. Joshua completed the task of bringing them in. So Joshua took the inheritance. Remember, Joshua was not an assistant pastor. There were 70 other pastors apart from Moses, called the 70 elders. None of them carried the inheritance. It was Joshua that carried it. Are you listening to me? Joshua was not among the 70. There were 70 that were ordained. Two didn't come that day. They were at home, Ildad and Midad. But they didn't met them at home. Now, those 70, have you never asked, where are the 70? Do you know, they even mention their names apart from Midad and idad? The man, that now has a book in the Bible, is the one that carried the inheritance, Joshua. We move on to Elijah. Elijah had inheritance. He transferred. Elisha was the one that carried it. There were other prophets. The Bible talks about the school of the prophets. But do you know that Gehazi did not carry the inheritance from Elisha? Now, what Elijah did by transferring inheritance to Elisha is what Jesus has done by transferring inheritance to us. Because in a figure, Elisha saw Elijah transcend, ascend. In a figure, when Jesus was ascending, The other, all the apostles saw him ascending. Amen. So the inheritance of Christ has been transferred to us. So when he says we are joint heirs, he's talking something deeper than that. He's talking inheritance. The earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof. The The earth is now ours, and the fullness thereof. You didn't hear me? Okay, transferred inheritances. Now I'm not talking about inheritance in general terms I'm talking about specific We have general inheritance We have specific inheritances There's something that God wants to deliver Through you, Amen Lift your hand. and say big thinking, big thinking. <laughs> Say again big thinking. big thinking Amen Now Let me share something That I might never have said to anybody some of the things I'm doing is what my father would have done. Are you listening to me? The thing I carry is older than me. Are you understanding me? And that's somebody understand that. But I know. Now, in the realm of the spirit, God also believes in genealogy. He believes in lineage. He does. Man can alter it, try to spoil it, but God believes in it. But let me not go there. Abraham is where I'm going to. That's where I'm going to end today. Amen. Abraham, the story of Abraham did not start with Abraham. It started with Abraham's father, Terah. It seemed like Terah was the real man. Wanted to raise a new nation with, but it didn't seem to work out. So, Abraham carried the inheritance from there. How do we know? Let's go to Genesis 11 <laughs> 31. Yeah, thank you. Are you there? And Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, that his grandson. And Sarah, his daughter in law, his son, Abraham's wife. And they went forth with them from where? From the all from all of the chaldees. That's the where they come from. You understand that? <laughs> to go into where? That means the aim. They had he had a calling to go to Canaan. Are you seeing it? It was in Terah's heart to go to Canaan. Canaan now that has been taken over. It was in his heart. God had put it in his heart to go to Canaan. So he was on his way. He carried them. Said God has spoken to me. Let's go to Canaan. And they were on their way. But look at what happened. To go, no, no, no. Go back. Let me read the finish. Let me finish reading. To go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran. That means they didn't get to Canaan. And dwelt there. That's not where they were supposed to stop. Where were they going to? Canaan. Where did they dwell? There are some of you here that are in Haran. Please continue the journey to Canaan. Canaan is the place of inheritance. And they dwelt in Haran instead of continuing the journey. So maybe he was there waiting for a short time, but something happened. Verse 32. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. The journey ended there. But Haran was not where he was going to, it was Canaan. The moment he died, chapter 12 now started. Abraham said, Oh, sister, we are going to Canaan. Amen. And the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of the... And it was after his father died. Amen. Are we together? Get out of your country, out of your kingdom, out of your father's house, unto a land I will show thee. Go, go down to somewhere in verse 5 or there above. Good. And Abraham took Sarah, his wife. So he continued journey with the other people. And Lot, his brother's son, and their substance and that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into where? The land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. Are you seeing that? So Abraham had an inheritance. Amen. Transferred, so to speak. What Terah didn't do, Abraham continued and delivered. I said, I was preaching somewhere, I think it was in a, this last strip, and I told them. I said, in any city you are in, there are prophecies that have been spoken over the city. There are prayers that have been made. You can take advantage of them. Kenneth E. Higgins, they have Rema Bible Training Center, a place called Broken Arrow in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, Kenneth Higgins said when they brought him to the vacant land at that time, years ago, and he entered the place, he signaled in his heart, he had a witness in other. that this is the place. This is the place. After they've made arrangements to buy the place and all that, one man met. So don't you know this place? Say no. You don't know the history of this place? Say no. Ah, there was a man that used to pray here. And one of those days, he said, from this spot will go forth the gospel all over the world. So there was an inheritance waiting for Hagin to enter. Are you listening to me? He said, from this spot. So Hagen came into an inheritance by the prompting of the spirits. Am I communicating? I believe that you are hearing this because you are entering inheritances. Oh! There's a generation coming. Generation will do so, so and so. You wake up. And entered that an inheritance in prayer. Do you know that Daniel was studying the Bible? Let me use it by the book of Jeremiah, books. And he was studying, he found the prophecy of Jeremiah about something that was supposed to be happening that had not happened. Daniel entered it. Daniel began to pray and fast. That's why he took that to one day prayer and fasting. Are you understanding me? And entered it. It's not that God didn't tell him. He saw it and entered it. What's Joel Austin doing? Pastor Joel Austin, Lakewood Church. His inheritance. Do you know the spiritual thing? There was a physical action. He said when his father died, this guy had only preached once before his father died. Once in his life. Are you hearing me? He's a pastor's son. He had only preached once before his father died. He said his work was camera work. He was just behind the scenes. He was not interested in preaching. He was not interested in preaching. So it's not that they were grooming him to preach. No. What is upon him is inheritance. He was just there. Then his father was no more as strong as he should be. He so, and so on and so One of the weeks he was in the hospital. The father now called him and said, um, Just speak. He said, No, you know I'm not into that. That's the first time he preached. The next time the father had died. Amen. He said when his father died, it was in his heart. He would go to his father's house and carry his father's shoes and put his legs and wear it. And go and stand preaching with it. That's inheritance. Until something happened. Do you know that? That's one church that. Has broken all the rules of transitioning from leadership to another set of leadership. You still see the people that were with his father when his father was alive, they're still in that church. Because as he's speaking, the same anointing they were part of, they're still seeing it. Are you listening to me? This thing we're talking about is not a child's play, these spiritual things are realities. There's such a thing as inheritance. Amen. Are we together? So what happens that We're in a city. We're in a country. Now, let me just give you one. Pa Elton. How many of you know Pa Elton? Pa Elton's full name is Sydney Granville Elton. S.G. S.G.L.T. S.G. was a British missionary that came to Nigeria. You know, I think the first time he came um, in the 30s, uh, he met um, um, the... Babalolas and all those guys. Then he went and came back again and stayed in Nigeria till he passed on. But Elton was a mentor to many. Archbishop Benzi Idaosa, Francis Waleoke, Apostle G.D. Numbere, Aransiola. There are many names, there are plenty. So now something happened. He gave a prophecy. He said he saw the map of Africa. And the map of Africa, I wish you had a picture, but it'll take you a while to get it. Some of you remember the map of Africa. He said it's like a gun. All right? The map is like this. So that top is like the part you hold of the gun. And then the down part is like the barrel of the gun. Now, he said he saw africa like a gun that through africa the gospel will shoot out to the rest of the world you think pastor chris went to south africa for nothing his inheritance amen if you look at the map South africa is the is the where the bullet is coming out from well i now looked at the map and i started reading the prophecy and i saw that nigeria is the trigger and river state is the tip of the trigger i'm here Are you understanding it? So, see, don't do ministry without an inheritance mindset. You will suffer. You will suffer. Amen. I was preaching in, um, I forgot where I was preaching now, some years ago. And then I told them, I said, do you know what my state is called? River state. That I come from the place where the rivers of God's power flows to the world. <laughs> but listen to me. There are words and prayers of men of yesteryears concerning Portacos, concerning Nigeria, concerning the body of Christ. Some of these people are doing today. I remember a young man, we were friends, you know, and he's in America now, you know, we're, we're friends. We're walking one day and he shared with me a vision he had. You know, it has never left me. I don't think I've ever said this in any public meeting. When we when he shared this with me, people were not doing other stand up comedy. Or this was like in early he shared this with me maybe in 1995. You know, you understand that 1995 is how many years ago now? Up to 23, yes. That's when he shared that with me. So he told me something. What he told me didn't it's not something that is happening today but let me just tell you what he told me he said he came out and looked up and he didn't see the cloud again all right he didn't see the cloud again he saw church people some were organizing events some were doing um tailoring work some were doing that they were all over the place some were singing but they're not like they're singing in church are you understanding me? so he said he didn't understand it and god told him that that's the future so you're sharing with me at that time we're talking church people don't do all the things they're doing now amen but do you know that as time has passed i've seen all those things happen one after the other hallelujah today i declare over you you will not live your life like someone that doesn't have an inheritance <laughs> Your struggles are over And from henceforth The Spirit of God begins to lead you And order your steps Into inheritances Into inheritances In the mighty name of Jesus Christ I speak over you That those promptings of the spirits Will bring you to the place of big thinking In the name of Jesus Christ in the morning we talked about spirit-led exposures. May you experience spirit-led exposures in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. There are words that have been spoken over our city in different sectors. As we speak today, you are entering into those things in the name of Jesus. If they said great things will happen in Port Harko City, you are a part of those great things. If they say a new thing is emerging in our city, you are a part of that new thing. If they said a new breed is arising to take over, you are part of the new breed that is arising to take over. If they said like a mighty army, they will rush in and nothing will be spared in front of them. You are that mighty army in the name of Jesus Christ. If they talked about revival and the move of God, you are the move of God in the name of Jesus Christ. It might be in the music industry, it might be in the business sector, it might be in career, it might be in politics. I speak over your life in the name of Jesus. You will not function without that inheritance. you'll find out that there is a path God is leading you. And when you arrive at that place, you will see that His inheritance He has brought you into. He has brought you into inheritance. In inheritance, what happens is that all your giftings, everything that God has put in you, is achieved. it finds full expression. When a man is functioning in inheritance, everybody it looks like everybody, you know, there's like, let me put it this way, it's just like, when, do you know what happened to Jesus Christ? When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, alright? When God said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him, that's inheritance. Inheritance is a time where everybody in your sector is commanded to hear you. They might not like you, but they must hear you. It's like there is a force that all attention is in that direction. It's God has put you in a place. That's why the Bible says that Give honor to those that honor is due. Inheritance is God's honor. Are you understanding me? It's God's honor. That I place on somebody's life. Praise God. Say, I receive. Say, I receive. Just pray in tongues for a minute or two. Let's just pray in tongues. We in tongues. will in the high thinking. Largeness of heart. Largeness of heart. Largeness of heart. Tonight, you will receive largeness of heart. You will go back to that project and expand it. You go back to that project, you will stretch it. Araba kuse leba haska pratozo. Le men dezu ke protozo libaaske pratozo. Balakato sopra diske protozo pregadi. Mezu la bahaska pratozo pregadi e. Lezu ke protozo libaaske pratozo pregadi. Shabaloso pratozo ke protozo. Le pa akata yemendezu prete seliske. La zunde Lebos l'Evo se so prédit Brigadier La Bakuba l'échit Plotos o Balos que Plotos o Brigadier Atalabase Le Bahakato mele su so Brigadis Que Plotos o Brigadier Jatalamanda l'abasso lebron Brigadis que Plotos o Balakato se prédit que Je plétois au prédit que tes As que La kato baluske protos brigadeye, zoprezike pata sali baso, la zuke protos brigadeya. I see the spirit of God already touching and moving as I speak. Largeness of heart is already happening. Something within you is expanding and stretching. Lebako pare keto baluske protoso, ba kope pare keto baluske. Meleske Protoso, largeness of heart, big thinking. All of a sudden, the seeming impossible has become possible. That difficult project, as I'm speaking, that thing that looked like a mountain, it is getting smaller and smaller. Why big thinking is happening. A prophetic surgery is going on in your heart. Enlarging it, enlarging it, enlarging it for bigger pictures. Bigger pictures. Bigger pictures. Bigger pictures. pictures. Receive bigger pictures. Receive bigger pictures. Receive bigger pictures. Big thinking. Big <laughs> thinking. Baracato Melbourne Sobregadia tele e cate saliva in the name of Jesus, lift your hands. And say with me, I receive Largeness of heart Say now I receive Largeness of heart From here And henceforth It is big thinking And nothing else Celebrate that, amen the second thing and which is the last thing I'm going to be doing tonight is inheritance. Inheritance. The Bible says about the desolate heritages. That you will inherit desolate heritages. He will cause you to inherit desolate heritages. He will cause you to inherit the desolate heritages. Glory to God. He will cause you to inherit the desolate heritages. Leave that. Just leave that. Go. You were not even supposed to bring it now. Go. Inherit desolate heritages. That means that there are abandoned spiritual things that people can inherit. Now, it's the Holy Ghost. When by prophecy in Psalm 16, the Bible says that, Yea, I have a goodly heritage. He said the lines are falling onto me. Please. The person was celebrating inheritance. Are we together? Like, wow! Is this the thing that I have? I have a goodly heritage. Today, you will enter inheritances. Yeah. There are certain things that might not even be around what you are doing now. But it's supposed to be done. Hallelujah. Lift your hand and say, my spirit peaks. I receive signals. Let me explain it. Look at me now. Let me explain it. I mentioned it yesterday, I believe in passing. But let me explain. You know there are places they call Wi-Fi hotspots. You know that. You go there, signal is strong. You know you can get a hair. There are inheritance hotspots. Are we together? That people enter. It could even come from just relating with certain people. God just arranges it. You went somewhere, you enter somewhere, and then so-so thing starts happening with you. There are some associations that are invitations into inheritances. There are some instructions of the Spirit to you that are invitations into inheritances. For many years, Pastor Chris was holding meetings. If this is called it unforgettable experience. He was holding 96, 97, 98, 99 and they always used indoor rooms inside the space. If they were in Lagos, indoor postage um, hall, until God said, go out. Port Harcourt 2000 was the first time they had an outdoor Program, they entered inheritance at that time. Nobody was holding outdoor meetings again in Nigeria, large outdoor meetings. You know, the Bonke was holding outdoor meetings until the crisis in Kanu from 91 up to 99. Nobody's holding those kind of massive crusades. So, what Pastor Chris entered was inheritance go outdoor. Go outdoor. There are instructions that will come to you. It is inviting you into inheritance. Those invitations, right now, the signal of it is coming to your spirits. Some of you you go home. You will see things. You will hear things. Understand that it's all about inheritance. It's all about inheritance. It's all about inheritance all about inheritance all about inheritance all about inheritance there are some people if you don't meet them things. you see everything about your life there are some people that are holding some portions of you with them amen is when you meet them they will give you amen are we together so there are some associations that are very very important Thank you lord jesus in this second move what we are receiving is inheritance signals clarity on inheritance hotspots now let me say something to you some of you instantly something might not happen today but the deposit the thing has happened in your heart Amen. you will live here and there's what we call the phronesis where your course of action is altered by the Holy Ghost to do the thing that God wanted you to do. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? You will, you will find out that your course of action has been altered. You are doing the thing God wants you to do. You see, I don't even know what made me come out here side there and stand. That's it. Amen. I don't know what made me come here. I don't know what made me make that phone call. Huh? that's what was happening to you. But it's leading you to inheritance. Amen. It's leading you to inheritance. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you for everyone here today. Let the wind of your Spirit carry inheritances. The way the wind carries those pollen grains from one plant to the other. Let the wind of the Spirit carry those inheritances and begin to deposit upon the lives of this one standing here. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare, hey, hey this year, you will function from an inheritance. You will act like someone that has ownership rights. Amen. You will act like someone with the rights of the firstborn. Amen. The days of small thinking are over. Amen. The lines are fallen to you in pleasant places. Amen. What you have is a goodly heritage. Amen. Say, I receive. I receive. Say again, I, receive. I receive. I believe I receive. Now, one more thing we are going to do. Give yourself space because you are going to jump. Amen. You are going to jump and enter inheritance. Amen. You are going to say, in the name of Jesus, I enter into the inheritance ordained for me in this year 2018. Glory to God. And you will function inside that inheritance. Are you ready? Want to go? I will say, when I say want to go, you jump. And you enter and start celebrating and rejoicing. Are we together? As you are rejoicing, you are rejoicing because you have entered into the inheritance and inheritance. After today, watch and see what will happen. Are you ready? 1, 2, go! Enter! Thank you, Lord. I enter. I enter. I enter. Inheritance moments have started. Inheritance moments have started. Inheritance moments have started. Inheritance moments have started. Inheritance moments have started for everyone under the sound of my voice. Begin to thank him everywhere. Begin to thank him everywhere. We give you praise. We give you praise. I can tell you what will be happening to you in the coming days. You will be functioning with the spirit of boldness. No, let me, you me not understand me. I'm not praying that you will function. I'm telling you what you will do. What you have entered now, it will cause you to function with the spirit of boldness. There are some things you will not have dared before. You will dare them. Because the spirit of boldness is upon you. Thank Him, everywhere. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking